a man discovers he has a bizarre ability. And then we take a look at Grandpa and Grandma, the oldest people in the family, and most likely the ones to die first. But is it possible that, by being the first ones in the family to journey to the other side, they may show us how horrifying death really is? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. You're like, Jason, I don't want to listen to an episode about Grandma and Grandpa dying. I don't want to hear a story about that. Well, you won't. You're going to hear two separate stories. One about a grandpa and one about a grandma. But someone who doesn't care what age anyone is, he just hopes they all die at some point. Running into Dead Rabbit Command right now, everyone get on your feet and give it up for one of our legacy Patreon supporters, Rage Cat. We're clapping and meowing as Rage Cat runs into Dead Rabbit Command with blood-soaked claws. Killed many grandmas and grandpas to find his way here. Rage Cat, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. And a reminder, I will be doing episodes up until October 31st. That's next Tuesday, and then I'm taking two weeks off. So there will be a two-week break in Dead Rabbit Radio. And I will also be... Speaking live at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference in Port Gamble, Washington. It's a three-day event. I will be there on November 10th giving my speech, Why Are There No Fat Ghosts? So if you live in the area and you want to see me live, I know I'd love to see you guys live. I'd love to meet you. Also, if you're a ghost in the area, swing on by so I can see you dead. But either way, just come on out. That would be really cool if you guys make it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Rage Cat, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. Grab onto it with your blood-soaked paws and glide us all the way out to an office building. We're at this nondescript office building. We're here to see one man in particular. He didn't give his name. We're going to call him Billy. Now, Billy is a writer, but if you're a writer or know a writer or just know anything about writing in general, it doesn't pay a lot, especially if you're just starting off. So you got to pick up side gigs here and there. You want to keep your finger muscles working. So, I mean, you could go get a side gig as like a 7-Eleven Slurpee operator or a flag waver at a construction site, but it'd be even better if you were typing clickety-click-click-clack. Keep those fingers in the ready. So Billy got a job transcribing interviews. Apparently he worked for this group and they would have biographies written for well-paying clients. If you wanted a book of your life, but you weren't so important that someone would actually go, I need I need to immortalize the works of that person but you still wanted a book about you, you could hire a group like this. And Billy said the division of labor was one guy would go out and interview them and record everything, and then I would transcribe it and write it out 
send it back to the client, get some feedback, and then we'd polish it up and turn it into an actual biography, right? You know, it's like something you'd want to read. Jason moved through the shadows. It was late at night. He was trying to get to the fridge, but he didn't turn his lights on. He was pretending he was a ninja in his boxer shorts as he moved closer and closer to the unaware bag of beef jerky. And you're like, Jason, is this good for your biography? I'm like, chapter one sounds fantastic. And it's so realistic. You would send it back and then they would... Yeah, that, that would be pretty dope, right? To have a biography about you. And that's what Billy and his team did. On this occasion, the job was writing a biography of an old woman. And she had three adult sons. I found this story on the export. So the guy's being real cagey with the details. <laughs> Obviously, he's the one who talks. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, uh, Billy, the last couple of biographies have been really good. But uh, did, you, <laughs> did you go onto some insane paranormal board and give out information about our past clients? Because this one's a doozy. You can't be doing that. You can't be talking about it. So all we know on this particular subject, it was an old woman with three kids. Maybe you can figure it out. Maybe with that much information, you can figure out who it was about. But anyways, so the only information we have, he gives us, he goes, it's about an old woman with these three adult children. And he says, I'm listening to these interviews. It's a lot of background information. And he's typing stuff out. And he notes that there's three boys in the family, the three adult kids, and the youngest one is named Jim. And as he's taking notes, clickety-click-click-clack, clickety-click-click, he's listening to this interview. It's all this background information. Typing it out. She has three adult sons. The youngest one is named Jim. Clickety-clack-clack, clickety-clack-clack. Listening to the recording, jotting down notes. And then he hears something. But it's not on the recording. It's not coming from the interview. He hears a voice in his head. He described it more of like a whisper. He heard this statement. Jim is a pedophile. It completely caught him off guard. Not one to normally hear voices. <laughs> Even if he was, that would still be a weird one. Even if you're like, oh, I hear voices from time to time. That'd still be in your top ten weirdest voice hearings. Jim is a pedophile, and he, he, he gets that. He's like that whisper in his ear, but in his head. And he kind of brushes it off. He, he doesn't know these people. He doesn't know why he would think that, or why he would imagine that, or hear that, or however... But he just kind of was like, whatever, right? <laughs> That's why I would be like, wow, well, I mean, I'd probably be like calling up Professor X if that happened to me. But he's like, yeah, whatever. He also he realizes Professor X isn't a real person. He goes, well, I would have called him if, if I lived in a fictional universe, but I don't. He's still clickety-clacking, typing away notes. Well, anyways, he's listening to these tapes. And the mom is going on and on about her son. And she's talking about her oldest son. We'll call him Bruce. And she's like, oh, Bruce, he is the best. Whenever whenever I drop a dish, he goes out and he buys me a new one. And every time I take the dog for a walk and I lose the dog, he buys me a new one. And then we find the old dog. There's dogs all over the mansion. Bruce, Bruce is the best. And then my second to oldest son, 
Philip, whoa, my stars and garters. He sure is a nice guy. He loves to take me on fishing trips and boats. He loves to put me on a boat. We go around the lake. Oh, Philip, what a great guy. She's going on and on about her two sons, and then the interviewer asks about Jim. And Billy's sitting there typing up notes, and he hears. He hears for a split second. The old woman stuttered like she caught her breath. It was this weird, in almost any other situation, probably you would be completely unaware of this ever so slight shift. But Billy heard it. It was just the way she kind of... Her breathing changed. The flow of the moment was gone. Things for just a second, a split second, shifted when the interviewer asked about Jim. Oh, Jim? Jim, you say? Um, yeah, Jim is also one of my children. He is the third of three. The youngest of my boys. Jim. Yes. Male, I believe. <laughs> Last time I checked. It is... He has two hands and two feet. A smile on his face. Last time I checked, he still has a face. Um, Jim. Yes, Jim. Billy said he could actually hear the old woman's discomfort when speaking about Jim. Not, and here's the thing. Was he keyed into it because he had previously heard this Jim is a pedophile comment. Would we have been able to pick up on this? Obvious to him. That she's... That she doesn't really like him. Or that she's... Covering something up. Not telling the truth what she really knows about her son. Billy goes, here's the thing. There's no proof that... Jim was involved in pedophilia or was a pedophile or anything like that. We didn't find any proof of that. But he was definitely into some scummy stuff. That's what Billy said. So he was the rotten apple of the bunch. I, I came across this on the export. I thought it was kind of interesting because it's one of those mundane paranormal things that we can really spiral out into some other... Things. First off, I could imagine a mom having to deal with that. She would become very adept at hiding her emotions. She would become... Because we see this happen in families, right? Families have monsters in them. Families have evil things going on. And other people in the family will have to cover for them. And the other two brothers may have never known. But the mom may have known, or she may have had, or she may have had an inkling. But she's become so good at covering it up that she felt 
able to invite an interviewer into her house who's clearly going to ask about the third son. And Billy picked up on it, but I wonder if we listened to the tapes, would we be able to notice the discomfort? Would we be able to see that? Because the interviewer wasn't giving the tapes to Billy and be like, wow, wait till you get to her son, Jim. He's a pervo. You got to listen to it, bud. <laughs> listen to it right now. Let's drive. We're driving on a road trip listening to this mom talk about her perverted son. No. I think Billy heard it because he heard the voice. Jim is a pedophile. He heard it in his head. And he goes, there was no proof that he was a pedophile. We never uncovered anything, but he was definitely a rotten apple. And I was thinking, she's probably become really, really good at hiding her distaste about her own son. Because she has probably been doing it for decades. No one else should have been able to pick up on this. No one at all, but Billy did. So the question is, why? Could you look at it as there was a power in Billy's head? It's a very, very special, very, very specific power that when he comes into close contact with pedophiles, he knows who they are. He's just like walking down the street and he hears in his voice, see that guy by the mailbox? That guy's a pedophile. Which, of course, you would immediately not want to look. You're like, I don't want to see all the pedophiles in the world. You're like, I had to stop watching the news. And pretty much much every movie ever made, because I'll be sitting there watching a movie, and I'll hear this voice being like, you see that actor right there? He's like the biggest pedophile in Hollywood. You're like, ah, stop. That'd be horrific. Could you imagine if it was telepathy, but only... It was like telepathy... And seeing the future, but it was only horrible things. Like, yeah, I would want to know if I was going to be on a train that went off a bridge. Sure. But imagine if you were walking down the street and you heard a voice in your head saying, see that guy? See that guy standing on the street corner? He's going to beat his daughter to death tonight. Well, actually, no, I would want to hear that because then I could stop him. I could go over and beat him up. (laughs) I beat him up so badly and the cops pull me off of him and I'm like, no, no, he's going to do horrible things. And as that guy is getting up and wiping the blood off of his face, he's like, that's it. Tonight, I'm going to beat my daughter up. I didn't think about it. He's like, he never touched his daughter before. But he's like, you know what? That kind of, that horrible beating, my head getting pounded into the sidewalk, seemed to knock a couple of bolts loose. I should go home and uh, murder my daughter. You're like, no, I created the cycle. Imagine if you were, imagine if it wasn't something you could do something about. (laughs) Or in that case, cause, if I hadn't beaten him up. His daughter would have been okay. What if you heard like horrific stuff? You were like walking down the street and it was telling you dark secrets about people, but you couldn't ever confront them. Because you'd be like, what? That says that you like to strangle pigeons. I just heard this. For <laughs> like, what? And you're like, no, the voice in my head just told me that you, the guy who works at the Subway sandwich shop, likes to strangle pigeons. <laughs> feathers all standing behind the, like the, the glass. The feathers are floating in the marinara sauce. He's like, what? I never strangled a pigeon in my life. And then like w- you couldn't do anything about it, right? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Live on the rooftops and try to catch them? Like a ninja turtle running from rooftop to rooftop? No, you would just have the knowledge that he strangles pigeons. And listen, guys, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm trying to not make it super gross. I can use a hundred different examples that are real and horrific, and I'm trying not to. So I'm making them goofy. I'm talking about you walking on the street and knowing everyone's deepest, darkest fetish. 
You're like, oh, man, you go. You're like, oh, nope, can't eat there anymore. That restaurant's owned by the man who eats his own feces on his lunch break. Nope. Like, it would totally ruin your life. And that's possible that what this, that's possible that's what this Billy guy has. Or it might have just been the one time. It would be weird in this specific example that he gets a message beamed into his head, Jim is a pedophile, because he's like, I don't know these guys. But I did think about it. I thought it could be a very, very limited form of telepathy. Or, I was wondering if it was the spirit or a psychic cry from one of Jim's victims. That's what I was thinking, too. And that would kind of make a little more sense. I was wondering that. Instead of this very, very specific type of telepathy, which, I mean, we do see happen, right? People get into a dicey situation, they hear a voice in their head and goes, you gotta run. You better run right now. You take off running. That does happen. But um, I thought, what if this guy had hurt a kid and it was like a psychic cry? Echoing through time, saying, like, he's a pedophile. And it would make sense that it would reach out to the person who was writing the story of the family. Because maybe they were... I'm not saying it's technically the kid's ghost. I'm not accusing this guy of murder. He's just a sicko. But, like, a psychic truth-seeking missile. And it was trying to... The child wanted their pain to be revealed to the world. And this guy be brought to justice. So the person who was responsible for writing the book, they heard it. Jim is a pedophile. But again, like, what's Billy supposed to do? It, it, he's a, getting paid by a client. He's not going to be like, well, you know, here's the finished work. Um, I think I got your whole family pretty accurately <laughs> holding the books in your hands, covering the title of the book. The old lady's like, oh, fantastic. Is that the... Uh, test copy that I will read and then say whether or not I want a bunch of copies ordered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I'm just going to hold the title. I'm going to hold the book right here so you can't see the title. She's like, don't I get to read it? And he's like, nope. He just gets, do you want me to publish this? And finally he moves his hand and it says Jim is a pedophile and other stories from this family. Like, obviously she's going to be like, I don't want that book published. <laughs> I don't want that book published. Also, you're fired. Also, I want all my money back. So he would just submit the book. And, and again, he said he never found any proof that he did that. But I was wondering if that is what that voice could have been. Uh, reaching out across time for some sort of revenge. Uh, revenge is the wrong word. Uh, some sort of vengeance. Some sort of exposing Jim for the monster he truly is. But Billy, like most of us, right, we're just... We're limited to what we can do. And if you heard that in your head, I think it, I know, I think Billy did the only thing he could do. He couldn't do author's note. By the way, halfway through this book, I got a psychic message from a child telling me that Jim was a pedophile. Do what, do with that what you will. You just kind of have to go along with the book and chalk it up as a weird paranormal event, but it could have been much more than that. Was it a psychic cry for help across time and space? Was it a weird feeling? that Billy had. We don't know. But Jim, like we talked about it here, but even though we did, Jim isn't the guy's real name. I don't believe so. Uh, that cry for help has still gone unanswered. 
Rage Cat, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind this writer's office. Fly us all the way out to an ordinary neighborhood. First off, I want to give a shout out to Dragonova Svetlana, who recommended this story to me. Thank you very, very much. I'm going to give a shout out. We're going to take a look at the story of a father, let's call him Jerry. And he's looking through a old photo album with his daughter, we'll call her Maribel. And they're flipping the pages. Ooh, look at this picture, Maribel. This is a picture of your daddy when he was just your age. How old are you? We don't just give her actual age. We'll say like she's five or six. Look at here's daddy. He's a five or six years old. I'm sitting on the couch opening Christmas present. Maribel's like, you're funny, daddy. Turn the page. Ah, Maribel, look at here's a picture of me chasing that goose. That goose that stole my magic beans. We never got it to the top of that beanstalk. The goose ate them. And I never caught that goose. She's like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy childhood. Turns the page. Ah, here's a picture of me eating cake. Eating cake. It's a picture he just took of him eating the cake. She's like, you you just took that photo and you just slid it in there. He's like, ah, memories. Memories of me eating cake right now. And we're looking through this photo album. And they come across the picture of his grandfather. His grandfather, her great-grandfather, and Maribel points at him, and it's this picture of this old man, obviously, his great-grandpa. It's a picture of this old man, and he's wearing glasses, and he's just kind of sitting there, and, like, there's other people walking around him. He's probably giving, like, a thumbs up to the camera. Maribel goes, that's great-grandpa. Jerry goes, you're right, that is your great-grandpa, my grandpa. And then she says... Why doesn't he wear glasses anymore? Jerry goes, what do, you, what do you mean by that, Maribel? Because great-grandpa has been dead for a long time. In fact, he was dead when Jerry was a kid. So he's confused by the question, why doesn't he wear glasses anymore? Maribel goes, he, I see him at great-grandma's house. I see him there, but he doesn't wear glasses anymore. And another thing, Daddy, why does everyone ignore him when he's at the house? We go over there, and he is standing there smiling. (laughs) I don't know how long I can keep this voice up. (laughs) He's standing there smiling, And then, like, people eat cake. But they never give him the cake. He just stands there. And sometimes he walks around. It's not like he's a creepy ghoul. It's not like he's, like, facing the corner of the wall like Blair Witch or nothing. But I see him in different rooms. But nobody says hi. I do sometimes. (laughs) I do. But nobody else. Why did they ignore him, Daddy? And... You didn't answer my question about the glasses. And do you know our two beagles? Our little little puppy beagles? Yeah. When we bring them to the house, he loves them. He loves to watch them play. He just stands there, he stands there like a guest 
ghostly figure from beyond the grave. But he loves the beagles. We should bring the beagles more. He loves them. Also, <laughs> you're like, oh, great. He's not doing that voice. You're like, finally. No, not done with the voice because Maribel says, one more thing, Daddy. Why can't he leave the house? He's there. But when we leave, he just stands at the front door and waves. But he can't step outside. And he doesn't have glasses. That's my original question. And Jerry was actually really open with her. Jerry tells his daughter, hey, listen, I got to be honest with you. Grandpa died a long time ago. You know that. And Maribel's like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. that. But that's why this is all so puzzling to me. Because I see him at the house. And Jerry goes, well, you know what's funny is he died when I was a kid. But I saw him all the time, too. Jerry said that when he was a kid, he would see his deceased grandfather at that house walking around. And he didn't state what the level of interaction was with him, but he did see him. And he saw him for quite a while. It wasn't until Jerry turned 12 that he no longer saw his grandpa when he went over to his grandmother's house. But now his very young daughter, Maribel, is beginning, is sees great-grandpa at that house. And he seems to be in relatively good spirits, no pun intended. He likes the dogs. He's just kind of hanging out. Jerry, he goes online by the name Old Man in a Bike on Reddit, and he posted this story, and he asks the question, isn't that weird? Isn't it possible? Isn't that weird? Is there something behind that that kids have a closer tie to the paranormal than adults? And is there... Some sort of mechanism, whether it's biological or cultural, that makes it so adults see ghosts less than kids. And no disrespect to old man in a bike. But for me, there's a difference, and this is the difference between you and me and this show. And that question. And really, that is a very good question, but that's a beginner paranormal question. I've always said Dead Rabbit Radio is like intermediate paranormal research. The key to this whole incident is not whether or not kids stop seeing ghosts, because there have been a lot of research in that. That's pretty well documented. We don't know what the mechanism is. I've always figured it's just you're told over and over again, ghosts don't exist, ghosts don't exist, ghosts don't exist. So you start to believe it. Boogeyman's not real. Demons aren't going to get you all this stuff. And you just start to ignore the signs. And then eventually your brain kind of just blocks all that stuff out. The same way a baby can be distracted by every single sound in the room. But as an adult, you've learned to tune out a ton of things. It's an interesting question, but it's one that I feel has been addressed for decades. The more interesting question here is, what happened to his glasses? That's paranormal intermediate. That's dead rabbit radio questions. What happened to his glasses? Glasses. 
I mean, unless he was wearing them for fashion, right? Unless he had a passion for fashion like Jade the Bratz doll. He was wearing glasses to see. <laughs> Assuming he was a great grandpa, I will assume that his passion lied in other places. Beagles, most likely. He wore, the, we can assume he was wearing the glasses so he could see. He doesn't have the glasses in the afterlife. Does that mean that his, see, his vision has improved after he died? And you go, Jason, no, I mean, you know, he, he's a ghost. He doesn't need glasses anymore because his vision works differently. Well, so does skin. We wear clothes out of modesty and protection from the elements. Why isn't he walking around? Why isn't he walking around dressed up like a like a butler? Why isn't he walking around dressed up like John Wayne or a beagle? Right? He's a big furry. He's walking around a beagle. <laughs> Come give your grandpa a hug. His glasses would be part of his clothing to the point that someone takes a photo of him. And there's probably multiple photos of him in this photo album. He's wearing his glasses in the photo album. And he's wearing the same type of clothing. Because she didn't go, why isn't he wearing flip-flops? He wears flip-flops now. And baggy Junko jeans. No, he. she doesn't remark on the clothing. She remarks on the glasses. And if it was a single photo with him in glasses... You wouldn't ask that question, honestly. You would you would know him as a man who wore glasses because you'd see multiple photographs of him in glasses. Why doesn't he have glasses on anymore? This is actually a really important question, as minor as it may seem. These are the questions that really try to help us figure out what a ghost is or why they appear the way they are. This kind of goes into what I'm talking about when I say, why are there no fat ghosts? There is a clear, huge amount, no pun intended on that, of fat people dying while fat, overweight, obese, whatever term you want to use, but we don't see fat ghosts everywhere. Obesity is the second or third leading cause of death globally. Obesity-related illnesses. <laughs> Actually, let me have that part. You're like, what? You're all eating a bunch of cheeseburgers. You're like, oh no. But like heart attacks, cardiovascular trouble, things like that, COPD causing huge health complications we don't see millions of fat ghosts we don't see tens of thousands or even hundreds i've come across i think three in my research and i've been looking into this for 30 years where did his glasses go and that's even an interesting question as well where are they if he manifested as a ghost did he manifest with the glasses because now that I think about it, Jerry didn't know what that question was. When This is blowing my mind because when Jerry was a kid, the ghost did have glasses. Because he didn't understand the question. If when he was a kid, his grandpa, let's call him, let's call him Joe, for, so I don't have to keep going great-grandpa, grandpa. Grandpa Joe is what we'll call him. Grandpa Joe, when Jerry was a kid, must have been wearing glasses because when Jerry saw him, when Jerry saw that ghost, he didn't then see photos of him and go, that's weird, why doesn't he wear glasses? It was over a period of time where Jerry grows up, has a kid, and now she's a few years old, that his glasses disappeared. When Jerry turned 12, he stopped seeing the ghost. When Maribel starts seeing the ghost, he's not wearing glasses. Where are the glasses? Like, the ghost glasses. Did he lose them? 
Is he bumbling around the house? His vision isn't better, but he can't find his ghost glasses. That's even, now I'm thinking that's even more remarkable. Because if Jerry said, yeah, it's weird. Even when I was a kid, he didn't wear glasses and I never figured that out. Jerry goes, what do you mean? Because he saw the ghost with glasses. So over the course of, let's say, 20 some odd years. Around that, right? 12, he stopped seeing it. Let's say he has the kid when he's in his 20s, 25 or something like that. Let's say that Jerry is about... Let's just say Jerry's 30 years old. So in an 18-year period, the ghost lost his glasses. Where did they go? This was supposed to be a 15-minute long story. I have a grandma story ready to go as well. We'll have to save that for tomorrow's episode because I can't let this go. Where are the glasses? Where did they go? It would actually would have been more... Again, an interesting question, but let's say that when Grandpa Joe died... When he reappeared in the home to Jerry, and he didn't have glasses on back then, and he still doesn't have glasses on when Maribel sees him, that would be very intriguing, super unusual, because we have seen disabilities carry over to the other side. I talked about my grandpa, who I never met, my biological grandpa. He died, and he had a wooden leg, and it had this weird swinging mechanism with these air pockets in it so when he walked down the hallway it would go and after he died my aunt heard that sound walking down the hallway he was a he's not a nice guy he was a horrible drunk he lost his leg because he passed out on a train track and the train ran over his leg that followed over that followed him over in death and there's a lot of stories about that. There's ghosts, obviously, with Headless Horseman as a very famous figure. There's ghosts with peg legs that would make the, the sound of the peg hitting the floorboards. So we know that disabilities may. We don't know because other soldiers have been blowing up on a battlefield and they come back. They're like, Martha, I'm a ghost now. And they're not like hanging out guts entrails wrapped around their legs and they're floating around in two pieces. No, they come back as a whole human. So we don't know what the mechanism is. But this one's interesting because we see two different time periods. Glasses. He has glasses while he's alive. He dies and visits Jerry wearing glasses. And then when he's visiting Maribel, say 18 years later, he's not wearing glasses. Where did the glasses go? Did he lose them? Which I don't think he did. Did he realize he didn't need them? That's an interesting question. I know people who wear glasses all the time. Imagine when they die, the shock of death. You might still keep your glasses around, but then give it some time and you go, wait a second, why am I a ghost wearing glasses? I don't need glasses. And then you ditch them. And in that case, you have to wonder, what else can a ghost do? Can a ghost say, you know what, I do want to spend my immortal years as a spirit dressed up a little snazzy. All of a sudden, he's wearing like a genie outfit or something like that. Who knows? Absolutely bizarre question. Where did the glasses go? You could argue why the glasses follow him over into death in the first place. A ghost wouldn't need glasses. I can understand the clothes because you'd want to be modest. You wouldn't want to be, even if you were invisible, you probably don't want to be walking around your fellow family members naked. You wouldn't want to do that, hopefully, right? Jim's like, all right, here we go, guys. My two brothers are really going to learn how perverted I am as I'm floating around them. 
you would have clothes, you would manifest clothes or keep your clothes in death. Like people don't, it's funny now that I think about it, like ghosts don't really appear in the clothes that they're buried in. It's more likely they appear in the clothes that they die in. But a lot of people die in their underwear or naked. A lot of people die in their underwear or naked and their ghosts aren't running around in underwear or naked. So like these are the questions that are so fascinating to me about the paranormal these are the intermediate to advanced questions that i think can really help to nail down what this phenomenon is and that's why i love having you guys along with this journey because it sounds like such a simple question where did the glasses go but it really could be a clue to what truly awaits all of us in the afterlife we don't have an answer for it. This is just one more piece of that puzzle that has no edges. There's no border to this puzzle. There's no corner pieces. It just continuously sprawls out. But the more puzzle pieces we have, even though there'll never be an ending to put this puzzle together, the picture may become more clear. Or not. Maybe just a chaotic collection of clues that we don't know what they mean until we are on the other side as well. And honestly, I believe that that's when the real mysteries start. I think when you die, that's when you're going to have some... You're going to have more questions than answers on the other side as well. I don't think that this is the end by any means. But I definitely love trying to explore these ideas with you and I'm, I'm blessed in many ways that you choose to spend your time with me as well we're gonna save the grandma story i'm telling you right now like this story right here was supposed to just be a little intermediate thing the grandma story tomorrow i don't want to hype it up i don't want to hype it up. i don't want to hype it up too much i think i might have already hyped it up but we're gonna visit a grandma ghost tomorrow and take another look at the world of dead grandparents. You're like, I'll just skip that episode too. No, I think this one was a lot of fun. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great night, guys.